0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's word. 2020 is coming to an end. That might be the only amen I get tonight, but 2020 is coming to an end. I've heard people say it flew by. I have no idea (laughs) where that comes from. I've heard people say it crawled on and on and on. I've heard many adjectives used to describe this year. I've heard crazy. I've heard depressing. I've heard ridiculous. I've heard difficult. I've heard enlightening. I've heard frustrating. I've heard different. And that is certainly true, but I heard a word the other day used to describe this past year, and it upset me. I was talking to somebody kind of my age it wasn't from here; it was actually when I was up uh up north, and they said, "This has been a terrible year." That was their exact words a terrible year all all dramatic. The only thing they didn't do was this, you know <laughs> it's been a terrible year. So I looked up. The definition of terrible. Extremely bad and distressing. So we call something terrible when there is nothing that we like about it. That was a terrible game. Men, we say that every now and then. Or that was a terrible meal. Or he is a terrible driver. She is a terrible driver. Or Brother Dustin, that was a terrible flight, right? Right? Now, perhaps the person didn't mean to use the word terrible. Maybe they were being a little dramatic. Maybe they didn't expect me to immediately look up the definition of the word that they gave. Maybe they were exaggerating a little bit, which we are all guilty of. All I'm saying is that this year can certainly be called many things, but I don't think it can be called terrible. Uh, It's certainly been crazy. It's certainly been different and depressing at times and ridiculous and enlightening and all those different things. But I find it hard to believe that it was Terrible. In fact, I started to wonder to myself what would have to happen in order to be able to honestly say that I had a terrible year. So, in this special time of the year right now, when we're able to look back, we're able to look back at 2020, and then we're also able to look forward to 2021, I want to help you tonight on how to have a terrible year. Now, obviously, I'm being very sarcastic, but Follow along with me if you would. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would please let your Holy Spirit move tonight. Thank you for everybody who is here, guests and visitors, members alike. And I ask that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, if there are any here tonight who do not know that, that they are going to heaven when they die, please, at the end of the service, would you bring them to a point of conviction. Lord, we invite you to the service, and we want you to speak to us. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. Let's remove all distractions, make sure that our phones are on silence and focusing on God's word. Uh, church members, if you see anybody who does not have a Bible, make sure that they can see a Bible. We're in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 22. I have uh, some steps here that I want to give you steps to a terrible year. Let me see how many I have. I think I have six. Where are we at? Oh, no, seven. Seven steps to a terrible year. Step one, complain about everything. That is step one. Complain about everything. So verse 16 says rejoice evermore. Don't do that. Okay, don't do that. Complain about everything instead. Find everything you can to be upset about. Look for reasons to be sad and angry. Shuffle your deck of victim cards and play them whenever you can. Uh, Put a chip on your shoulder, right on the edge of your shoulder, and then purposely bump into people so that you have an excuse to shun them. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, 4 says this, rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always, all the time. And again, I say rejoice. So when the devil tells us that it's impossible to rejoice all the time, and he says you should only rejoice when times are good, make sure that you believe him when he says that. Only smile. Only smile. Only laugh, only fellowship, and only enjoy life when God ensures that our life is just the way we want it. Uh, James chapter 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. So you're going to need to ignore that verse. Uh, permanent marker or scissors may help. And I looked at my Bible, and actually if I were to cut that verse out of my Bible, the one on the other side is be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. So you might be able to get both. Uh, out if you did that. But I read this definition of joy. Somebody said this, joy is that feeling of delight which arises number one, from the possession of present good or number two, from the anticipation of future happiness. So joy is the feeling of delight which arises from the possession of present good and the ante- and the anticipation of future. Happiness. So in order to be honestly able, don't worry about it, we'll focus up here. In order to be able to honestly complain about life, we're going to need to forget all of our present good. You need to forget that Jesus saved your wretched soul. You have to forget about that. We have to forget that we live in America. Out of all the places that God could have put us on this green earth, we have to forget that he put us in America. We have to forget that God gave us a local church. We have to forget that we have the privilege to read God's holy word. You realize people, people around the world will never hold a completed copy of God's word. And we have, we have multiple copies. We have it on our phones. Say what you will about our government. We, we even go to some of our places of government and it's written on the wall. But we're gonna have to forget that we have that privilege. Forget that we've been entrusted with the greatest commission that could ever be given to men. Now, moving on from present good, we must then forget our future happiness. We have to forget the promise that all things work together for good to them that love God. Remember, we're talking about having a terrible year here. So we have to forget that all things work together for good. We need to forget about heaven completely. Take, Take eternity out of your view. Forget that one day sinful men are going to walk on streets of gold, that we are going to be able to fellowship with the saints, that we'll be able to talk with Timothy and Charles Spurgeon and D.L. Moody and Jacob, Adam, Sarah, Ruth, Hagar. Forget about all of that. Forget about the fact that we will be able to spend eternity with Jesus that we will have the privilege to serve the king of kings. Forget that we will have a glorified body. Now, that will be a day. day. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more weakness, no more sickness, no more death. But we have to forget about all of that. Now, if we can't forget those things, because I understand it's difficult to forget those things sometimes, um, find reasons to complain about them. So, yes, we are in America, but constantly complain about the politics. Uh, complain about the government, complain about the roads, complain about the long lines that we have to wait in in order to get our food. Uh, Make sure that we complain about that. Yes, God has given us a church, but um, be annoyed with the people of the church all the time. Find reasons uh, and points of contention. Always seek to sow discord among the brethren. Uh, Yes, we have a Bible, but complain that it's difficult to understand. Uh, Tell the Lord that you don't study it because it takes too much time. Uh, And it takes too much effort. Yes, God has given us a great commission, but uh, complain that it's scary. Complain that that also takes time. Complain that that also uh, takes some discipline. And let the Lord know that it doesn't work the way that it used to. Uh, And yes, there is eternity. If you cannot forget about eternity, complain that the Lord is tarrying his coming. So I'm not saying that we can never be joyful but if we're going to have a terrible year, just make sure that we are, never, we are only joyful when there's good earthly reason to be joyful. Step two, avoid prayer. Verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. Avoid prayer if we're going to have a terrible year. Only pray when we have to, when we're about to eat and do one of those drop the fork prayers under the table. Dear Lord, thank you for this food. Amen. Right? And nobody can see. Only pray when there's food. Only pray if you've been called on in church. Uh, Or or only pray if things go really bad. Don't see prayer as a first resource. Consider it more of our last resort. Prayer Prayer is the Christian's greatest, one of the Christian's greatest privileges. One of the Christian's greatest weapons. In a moment, it brings us into the presence of Almighty God, wherever we are doesn't have to be just on the day of atonement through a high priest. Jesus is now our high priest. And he rent that veil when he he died on the cross. And now we can go in to his presence boldly to the throne. Through prayer, think of what sinful men have done through prayer. Sinful men, through prayer, have stopped the sun in its heavenly course. Prayer has called down fire from heaven. Prayer has seen people raised from the dead. Prayer has allowed people to bear children when medically impossible. They've found healing from diseases through prayer. They've stopped and called down rain upon earth through prayer. Gained victory over unbeatable armies. Closed the mouths of hungry lions. Come so close to God, it was as if they could reach out and touch his face through prayer. People were given peace through the valley of the shadow of death. Through prayer, people have found the ability to forgive the unforgivable and see the unseeable and accomplish the impossible. But we can't have any of that if we're going to have a terrible year. So avoid prayer at all costs. Only talk with God when we have to talk with him. Keep it short and unfervent. Step three, be ungrateful. It's really quiet. I know that this is different. I know that this is different, and I don't mean to be—I don't mean to be sacrilegious in any way. I'm going somewhere with this. You know what? We'll just get there now. This is how a lot of people live. This is how a lot of Christians live, and it's no wonder we're so miserable all the time. Be ungrateful. Verse 18, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So notice that, that that last statement there. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you is talking about 16, 17, and 18. And 16, 17, and 18 all go together because they're all constant. You see that? Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing in everything give thanks. That seems to give an implication of duty and responsibility Like if we were not constantly joyful, if we were not constantly prayerful, if we were not constantly grateful, we would be out of God's will. And isn't that why the verse ends the way that it does? For this is the will of God in Christ's sake, or in Christ Jesus concerning you. But be ungrateful. That word in, in verse 18, implies being thankful while trials and while tests and while hardships are going on. Everything means both good and bad situations. To give thanks refers to action, not just to words. So in order to have a terrible year, we're going to need to change that to say, after only good things say thanks. Thanks. Not in everything, give thanks, but after only good things, say thanks. Now remember, here's a tip. It is a lot easier to be ungrateful when we have a sense of entitlement. Some people have said, have an attitude of gratitude. I say, make an environment of entitlement. That doesn't rhyme as much, but when we believe that we deserve everything that comes to us, it's much easier not to give thanks when they come. We deserve happiness. We deserve forgiveness. We deserve heaven. We deserve comfort and freedom and deliverance and kindness. We deserve money in the bank. We deserve food in the cupboard. We deserve companionship. We deserve a roof over our heads. We deserve shoes on our feet. We, we deserve clothes on our back. And when we believe we deserve those things... That gives us more reason to complain if God takes them away. What did Job say? Brother Mark preached very well, may I say, last Wednesday. The Lord hath given, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I came in naked, I'll leave naked. But be ungrateful is step three. Step four, ignore the Holy Spirit's leading in our life. Verse 19 says, quench not the spirit. All throughout scripture, the Holy Spirit is referred to as a fire. At Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost was given to the church, when he came down, the promise of the Father came down, and they were endued with power from on high. What was above their heads? Clove and tongues of fire. The Holy Spirit is that fire and that word quench. What is that talking about? That's talking about liquid. It's talking about water. The Holy Spirit of God is like a burning fire within us. He's a consuming fire. He's a fire that burns away the power of sin over us. He's a purifying fire that brings the dross of our sinful will to the surface so it can be wiped away from us. He's a kindling fire that spreads to those around us. He's an illuminating fire that allows our eyes to find what we otherwise can't see in God's word. He's a fire that cannot be ignited by the hand of man, but he can be quenched by it. Think about that. The Holy Spirit must be given by God. This supernatural fire can be extinguished by natural man. We can disagree with him, we can argue with him, we can ignore him completely if we so choose. We can stay still when he tells us to move. We can move when he tells us to stay. We can sin when he tells us to stop. We can stop when he tells us to go. We can speak when he tells us to hear. We can prove to him that no, no matter how much he speaks to us, we will not listen. We can grieve him to the point where he will not speak to us the way he wishes to speak to us. If the Holy Spirit can be likened to a fire, there is no greater flame retardant to his ministry than following our own heart rather than listening to his leading. If we want to have a terrible year, listen to our desperately wicked and deceitful heart more than we listen to the leading of God's Holy Ghost. Convince ourselves that we know better than him, that we can see farther than him, that we have our best interest in mind over him, that the book he inspired is more Kind of a book of suggestions than it is a book of commandments. Pick and choose what we will listen to if we will listen at all. Step five, despise preaching. Now, we can do this in multiple ways. One way is don't listen to preaching at all, miss church whenever you can. Be on your phone during the preaching time, let your mind wander. Fall asleep. Now, church, I know that you're tired. And if I've gone an hour in Deuteronomy, and some of the men here who work 50, 60 hours a week are dozing off a little bit, I can understand that. God bless you for being here. But if you're falling asleep during the introduction, (laughs) I need your help. You can not listen to preaching at all. That's one way to despise it. Well, how about this? Listen... Listen to the preaching, but only to criticize. Mark every mistake. Notice every nervous tick. Why does pastor keep taking his glasses off? (laughs) (laughs) I do that all the time. Listen to whenever the preacher says Peter instead of Paul, or Paul instead of Peter. Listen only to compliment. You can despise preaching in that way. Yes, you can. Tell the preacher afterwards, I I enjoyed the message, but then walk out completely unchanged. Think of preaching like a concert that we go to to enjoy, not a hospital where we go to have our sins removed. Hear, but never do. We have time. Let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 33, if you would. Ezekiel chapter 33. Keep your place in First Thessalonians five, if you would. Are we there? Are we there? Look with me in verse 30, if you would. We'll read verse 30, 31, and 32. Just follow along with me. You don't have to read out loud. God talking to Ezekiel here. Also, thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses. They're talking publicly. They're talking privately about Ezekiel and his preaching ministry. And they speak to one another, every one to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that cometh forth from the Lord. And they come unto thee as the people cometh. And they sit before thee as my people. They looked the part. And they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear thy words, but they do them not. Bible preaching is designed to bring us to a point of decision. We despise preaching when we find a way to bypass that point in any way. We don't have to go to the extreme of not listening to preaching at all in order to despise preaching. We can still come to church and look the part. We can smile. We can take notes. We could have everybody around us fooled. We could even visit the altar every now and then. But when we leave, don't change a thing. And we have despised preaching. Step six. Believe everything you hear except the Bible. Believe everything you hear except the Bible. Verse 21 says, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. But if we're going to have a terrible year, we need to believe everything Accept the Bible. Base our decisions in life off of what we hear on Fox News and CNN and Facebook. Really, any social media account will do. Um, Blogs, all of those things. Pay earnest attention to the opinions of Sean Hannity and The Five and Rush Limbaugh and Mark Levin and all those people. Get a daily dose of worry and fear from these people in these places. Plan your life according to their constantly changing rhetoric. They, the news is changing more than a meteorologist this past year. What other line of work can you be in where you can be so constantly wrong? If I were to stand up here as a preacher and say, you know what I said last week? Neh. And then, oh, you know what I said the, the week before that? Not really. The men would be having a meeting and I would not be invited to that meeting. Yeah. But we constantly turn it on and we're, watching and we're watching and we're watching. What are we doing? We have lost our mind. We've lost it. Up north, I am, look, you know my stance on this whole thing. I've tried to avoid hyperbole and say we will never do this. We will always do this. I've tried to, to approach this in, in the best way that I could. And I've made mistakes throughout it all. And you know that as well as I do. I am amazed at the, at the difference of ideology and the viewpoint just from Texas to Illinois. Going up to Illinois, uh, there was a time when we, we were going out and I was trying to buy something for, uh, for my sister-in-law or, or my wife or something. I don't know. It was all, all melding together. And uh, we were in a store and they had one of those, you know, the two stands and the, the elastic line right here. And they had stickers on the floor six feet apart, Right. Uh, So the cast register was over here where the trees were, and then there's a sticker here, and there's a sticker six feet away, and then there's this line, and there's a sticker here. Two feet away. And there's a sticker there, two feet away from that one. And the gentleman is here in front of us, and he's kind of off his sticker a little towards us, and me and my brother are kind of off our sticker a little bit toward him, and he kind of looks back and... and he like steps more on his circle, and he says, I just want to keep my distance. And we all had our masks on, and I said, well, on, honestly, sir, don't worry about it. It doesn't bother us if it doesn't bother you. Oh, it bothers me. <laughs> While there's a person standing on this dot, two feet away, but the, the virus can't get past, you know, the, the elastic. I just, and, and the entire time he's looking at me and saying, keep your distance, there's people walking by in the store, hundreds of people. But when we choose to just believe everything and we don't prove anything, we don't put it to the test, that's what it means. Put it to the test. Is it true? Is it right? Is it beneficial? Is it from the Lord or is it not? Try the spirits, whether they be of God. Build your agenda on the unstable headlines of the mainstream media. Find encouragement from the watered-down gospel given by Joel Osteen and Joyce Meyer and T.D. Jakes and all of that. Allow professors and educators and friends and family and coworkers and peers to get us to question what God's Word says. I knew knew friends who were just as as straight and as solid as could be, at least I thought, and they go off to college and they get educated out of their faith. Let the voices of the world conform us into their mold. Take everything we hear as gospel except for the gospel. And I guarantee you, we will have a terrible year. God is so confident in his word. He says, prove all things, everything. Go ahead. Put everything you hear, everything you see, everything you question to the test, including my word. It says, put it to the test. Including preaching, put it to the test. Acts 17, 11, talking about the Bere- Bereans, saying These, this is the, the teen Verse, the Bereans' uh, teen group. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica and that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. When's the last time after a service you went home and you said, I want to I make sure that what pastor just preached was true? Don't just take my word for it. See what the Bible says. And if, I, if what I'm saying up here is not matching the Bible, have a meeting. <laughs> And don't invite me. Through the preaching of Malachi, God says this, bringing all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith. Saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Prove all things, God says. Go ahead. Prove all things and only hold fast that which is good. That's what he tells us to do. Because God knows when we put his word to the test, it will stand the test. When we put the truth to the test, we will see that the truth alone is what we should be holding fast to. When we put Bible preaching to the test, we will find it to be good. When we put the world's philosophy and opinion and outlook on life to the test, it will fail every time. But if we want to have a terrible year, believe everything except the truth. Hold fast man's word and not God's word. When the government says, wear a mask, yes, sir. Now, I'm not talking about, there are some people you, you, you have to, there's pre-existing conditions. I'm not saying that we shouldn't, fine. But here's, here's what I'm bringing out. The government says, wear a mask. The Bible says, put on the whole armor of God. No. Nope. When the mayor says, social distance, Yes. When God's word says, come out from among them and be separate. When the state says, we have power over the church. And we can tell you how to worship. We can tell you, don't sing. Don't meet there, don't meet there. We will close you down, we'll find you. Or we'll we'll find you, not find you. We'll find you. When the state says, we have power over the church. When Caesar says, I am, I am going to come into what is God's bow. But then when God says, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. Therefore, because I have all power, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Look back at him and say, sorry, the state told us we can't. When we prove all things and only hold fast to that which is good, God knows every time This is all we will be left holding every single time. So avoid this book if we wish to have a terrible year. Last step. Live as close to the line of right and wrong as possible. Live as close to the line of right and wrong as possible. Look as much like the world as you can without actually going into the world. Because look at what verse twenty-one say, or 22 says. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Like Dinah, pay a visit to Shechem every now and then, just to see the daughters of the land. Like Lot, lift up your eyes and behold the well-watered plains of Jordan. Don't go straight into Sodom, just pitch your tent toward it. Live as close to the line as you can. Now church, I've been very facetious tonight. But let's get serious here. There are three huge problems with living on the line. First of all, Brother Danny, I'm gonna put this to the test here, your edge. Okay, so let's say this is right, and this is wrong. And there's a very clear line. But we're gonna come right on the edge of it. So here's one problem with living on the line. We have a tendency to fall. We have a tendency to slip. Oh wow, that was for real. And which way are we going to fall? We're going to fall the way we lean. So when we walk right on the line, one slip up, one lapse of judgment, one weak moment, and we're deep in sin. Second problem with it. God says living right in the middle makes him sick. I'd would that you were cold or hot. But because you are lukewarm, I'll spew thee out of my mouth. Are we going to do right, or are we going to do wrong? And I think we would say, "I want to do right." Then I I want to be here. Then why are we going to be right here with the world watching? Why are we going to do this? And then the third one here: We don't have to be deep in sin to sin. Because a lot of times this line right here between right and wrong isn't based on what the Bible says. It's based on what the world says. So here's the line of what the world says and we're going to walk it. But doesn't God say that even the thought of foolishness is sin? Even the thought of foolishness is sin. God says uh, here in verse 22, abstain from all evil. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Why are we going to walk on the line when a world is watching so that they have to look at us and say, wait a second, are, are you a Christian or are, are you not? People should be able to know. By the way you talk, by the way you walk, by the way that you carry yourself and treat others, they should know. We have to get to the point, church, where we don't just ask, is it wrong? Start asking, does it even look wrong? Is there even an appearance of evil? Could this action or this inaction even give the wrong impression? Abstain from all appearance of evil. So what is, what is evil here? Okay, here's, here's one. Touching outside of marriage. That's sin. It is good for a man not to touch a woman. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. It is good for a man not to touch a woman. So this is sin. Right is to, to do it right. Stay away from each other. Wait, do it the right way. Right here is where we want to walk. Okay, so if we are just going to walk right here, this would be, okay, just just don't touch before you're married. Over here, abstaining from all appearance of evil is don't be alone together. Don't even be found alone together. Well, we're not doing anything. Prove it. What does it look like? This is the next step that we have to take. See, over over down in here is don't buy or drink alcohol. But over here, abstaining from all appearance of you, I'm not even walking down the aisle. Now you know me, I have a problem with Red Bull. And the thing that I don't like about Red Bull is they always put it in the alcohol aisle. Now you can get it up front. Thank the Lord. But imagine, church, okay, and I'm not, this isn't petty. This is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible teaches. I want you to imagine if you walk into HEB and you see your pastor in the alcohol aisle. I'm just here getting Red Bull. Sure. (laughs) Got to be careful. I remember there was a time there was a, there was a man named Don, and I worked with him back in college. I was, I was 19 years old, he was about 40, and he had a smoking problem, a big smoking problem. And every now and then we were salesmen and had to go door to door, and during training I trained with him, and I'm pretty sure I got secondhand smoke just by riding with him two times in his car. But there was one time he was on a sales call, and, I'm, I, and he's driving, and he gives me a $10 bill, and he says, can you go inside and get me a pack of whatever? I said, no. And he, he looked, what do you mean, no? I said, no. I'm not going to get you a pack of anything. Why not? I told him, I'm not going to contribute to you dying, first of all. I said, but no, I'm, I, I'm a Bible college student. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to go in there and buy a pack of cigarettes. What if my preacher walks out? Son, what are you doing? I'm buying this for someone else. <laughs> Don't. Don't. <laughs> I'm buying it for someone else, I promise. Why would we put ourselves in that position? One time I was working at a a warehouse, designer shoe warehouse, but I was working at a warehouse and there was a young lady who, who, her car broke down outside and she came up to me, I think I was 17, 18 years old in high school and she said, can you give me a ride home? No. And the next thing you know, everybody thinks I'm a jerk because I'm not giving the girl a ride home and she, she wouldn't talk to me for weeks. I finally had to go up to her and explain to her, listen to me, I, I cannot put myself in that position. I'm not gonna be alone with somebody of the opposite gender. And she looked at me like I was ridiculous. But the Bible says abstain from all appearance of evil. I have never gone to a theater. I'll never go to a theater. Do I watch movies? Yes, I watch movies. But I'm not going to go to a theater because maybe I'm going in there to watch the Lorax or something. I don't know. Well, first of all, I don't, I don't know what they're going to sneak in there. I'm pretty, there's a curse word in that, in that movie. Now, because, you, whatever, I'm getting off on a tangent here. But here's the thing. You see your pastor, you, you see someone from your church walking into a theater, and you look outside at all the movies that are showing. And there's a G movie, if you can find those out. There's a PG movie, there's a PG-13 movie, and then there's R, 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 R. Which one is Pastor going to watch? I'm not going to put myself in that position. I don't go to theaters. I hate Olive Garden. First of all, they charge $18 for about $3 worth of noodles, but every single time when they sit down, they come and they put down a bottle, bottle of wine. I say, get that off the table, because knowing my luck... They would put it down, oh, I forgot something, walk away, and then here comes Belia telling everybody, I saw Pastor and Miss Tracy at Olive Garden, and they had a wine bottle on their table. I'm going to abstain from all appearance of evil. You know, a lot of times we give Eve a a hard time because she said in the garden, "Uh, the Lord has said not to eat it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, the Lord didn't say, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. He said, when you eat it, you shall die. So she added to the Lord's word. She shouldn't have done that. But thinking along her line, if you're not going to eat it, why would you even touch it? So Eve is thinking, don't eat it. But she had the right idea, I'm assuming, to say, I'm not even going to touch it. I'm not even going to go anywhere near to it. Abstain from all appearance of evil. But if we wish to have a terrible year, live as close to the line as we can. Live a tightrope life, not a separated one. Now, I do not know what this next year holds, but here's all I'm trying to bring out to us tonight. The kind of year we're going to have in 2021 is not going to be based off of our circumstances. It's going to be based off of our choices. And if we are going to have a terrible year, it, is, it will be because we chose to complain about everything. And to avoid prayer and to be ungrateful and to despise preaching and ignore the Holy Spirit's leading and to believe everything we hear except the Bible and live as close to the line between right and wrong as we can. And again, that sounds ridiculous, but that's how many people live. But God wants us to have a good year. I want us as a church to have a good year. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And what will happen? Look in verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That sounds like a good year to me. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would help us to take this to heart. That we would make the decisions tonight that we need to in order to have a blessed year. Church, what is it? What is it for us? Has the Holy Spirit spoken to you tonight? Have we been complaining more than we've been rejoicing? Could we say that we've been praying without ceasing? Is it a first resource or a last resort? Do we give thanks in everything? Do we ignore the Holy Spirit or do we listen? Do we despise preaching in any way? Remember how you despise preaching. You bypass the point of decision that preaching brings you to. Do we just believe everything, never proving anything, never putting it to the test according to the scriptures? Do we look like the world more than we look like God's son? Next year, at this time, by God's grace... Let's say that we've had a good year. And let's make that decision tonight, whatever it may be. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.